Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And we are back on Thursday night, which I did promise, by the way. I did promise that I was going to choose a night for me to do a video podcast. And that's how it's going to be from this point forward. It is now Monday night and Thursday nights. Now, granted, it takes a while for me to edit the whole thing because the laptop likes to be stupid and slow. But regardless, you're still getting the content. You're still getting your entertainment. You're still seeing my beautiful, ugly ass mug. For free! And that's how it's going to be. So Monday night and Thursday nights, this podcast will be dropped. Now remember, you can catch the first 49 episodes through audio on Spotify or Stitcher outside the Comics Volume 2. And that's all there is to it. The logo is literally in the intro. You guys know how it is, man. And for those of you that still don't know me, for those of you that are still new to the channel, hello, welcome, I am Mike Garcia, And this is a podcast where we talk anything and everything related to comic book, movies, news, shows, shit like that. Whether it's games, whether it's whatever the fuck we want. If it's superhero related, if it's comic book related, I'm going to talk about it. And that's all there is to it. Now, this episode of the podcast is going to be very interesting because we are going to dive into whether or not there is a chance, a chance... That Black Widow might go onto the Disney Plus streaming service. And if it's worth paying $30 to see her movie. Some people say yes. Other people say no. I want to try to go from a consumer perspective. And actually look at both sides of the coin on this one. So that's how it's going to be. The second piece of news that we got. Captain Marvel 2. She got a new director. Hey! Now, is it slightly better than what we gotten from the last movie? Honestly, I can say yes. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that there is some hope, some hope to Captain Marvel 2 actually being decent. 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 That's, that's how I'm going to end by. And that's all there is to it. All that plus our superhero quote of the day, considering this is episode 51. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get our shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And boy, do we got a special one. This shoutout goes to Bellator 243, coming at tomorrow night, August 7th, on Paramount TV or DAZONE, whichever you prefer. And it is a slobber knocker. First off, you got the rematch between Michael Chandler... Michael Chandler and Benson Henderson? What? What, my guy? Dude, that's a lightweight bout that is fucking awesome in and of itself. Hold on, let me read out what else we have here. We got Matt Mitrione versus Timothy Johnson. We got Miles Jury versus Georgie Karakanyan. He's a fucking Russian dude. I don't know what the hell he is, man. Sorry if I'm uh, butching that name. I don't give a shit. And then we got Miles Jury. And of course, oh, oh, look at that. The prelims. The beautiful, 
gorgeous, sexy Valerie Lurida. I'm sorry, Valerie Lurida. I don't want her to kill me. Valerie Lurida versus Tara Graf, the women's flyweights. Dude, I remember watching her for my first Bellator event. I think it was around either last year or two years ago at Madison Square Garden. This is when Chael Sonnen was facing Lyoto Machida and Chael Sonnen retired that night. And the women's matches there at Bellator along with Heather Hardy and so many other fascinating fighters blows me away. It fucking blows me away. Once again... If you want fun fights, if you're an MMA fan, and if you want a small break from the UFC, and you want some Bellator action, once again, check out tomorrow night, August 7th, on Paramount TV or DAZN on pay-per-view. You know how it is, guys. The fights are on. The fight sphere is open, and guess what? We are in for a time of our lives. UFC, y'all better watch out. (laughs) <laughs> but in any case That's all we got for the shoutouts Let's go to our actual episode Let's talk about some Black Widow comment And that starts right in a bit imagine that there are a lot of people that have been extremely pissed off lately because of the coronavirus and everything else that's been going on considering that we just want to see movies we just want to we just want things to go back to the way things were and at the time when Mulan when the news hit that Mulan was actually getting released on the Disney Plus streaming service and on video on demand I can imagine there were a a shitload of people that were pissed off because the price is just way too high to even rent the damn thing. $30 to rent for, what, approximately 30 days or something? Probably more or less? Like, it's at the moment where Disney is just asking for way too much. Now, I'm sure there are some articles where they're like, well, it's not really renting, it's actually buying. Or... Well, as you can see, it actually should be that kind of price because that's the only way for Disney to get their money back. Guess what? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. Why is that our problem? Why do we have to overpay for a movie that we know we're going to see or buy when it hits on Blu-ray or DVD on the shelves on Target, Walmart, GameStop, or whatever the hell you buy your DVDs and Blu-ray? Like, why should we have to give more when we can get the same thing literally a few months later. Now, I know you're asking, what the hell does this have to do with Black Widow? I'm going to get to that. But when I hear this, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can understand their perspective. I can understand that this is Disney's way of trying to get some money back. And if you truly think about it, if you truly, truly think about it, if you're a family man or a family woman... And you have a bunch of kids. And you are the type of person that goes to the movie theater and not only pay for your ticket, your significant other's ticket, husband, spouse, wife, 
boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case, you're buying two tickets. Then you got to buy multiple tickets for your kids. Then you have to buy, or most of the case, you have to buy junk food, all the popcorn and all the overpriced candy and the sodas and the junk food and the nachos and all that other good shit that makes you want to fucking take a shit or go to the bathroom during every movie when all you want to do is just hold it, hold it, and not miss anything while the movie is showing. Which means, on average, you're basically spending about $100, possibly close to it, if you're a family person. Now, if you are just with yourself or your significant other, this seems uh, this doesn't seem like a big deal. I can understand that. But I'm talking about from a consumer perspective. There were a lot of people that I'm sure was extremely pissed off that Mulan got switched over from the theaters to Disney+. Plus. Now, what does this have to do with Black Widow? Well, there was word from the Disney CEO, Bob, whatever the fuck his name is, where he said that we are using, and I'm paraphrasing here, we are using Mulan as a test to see what can happen with Black Widow after, with, with, with any of our other future movies to come. There are so many variables that can go wrong with this. For one thing, you really can't compare Mulan to Black Widow. You really can't. It's comparing... It's not comparing apples and oranges here. It's comparing apples and bricks. One movie is a live action from a Disney film that we loved all the way back from the 90s. Nostalgia, by the way. And another belongs to a very lucrative brand. The MCU is the most popular in all of the land. And you, again, you really can't compare the two. So, if Mulan is going to do that, and I can imagine there's there's a lot of pe- uh, people that are pissed off about this, how is Black Widow going to feather if she goes on Disney Plus 2? Like, how is that going to work exactly? Now, for a casual fan or an everyday fan or whoever it is, they can look at this and be like, you know what? And I'm one of them. They could look at this and be like, okay, you know what? I really don't care how the movie is going to get uh, get released. I don't care how the movie is going to get brought up. I don't give a shit if it's in theaters or if it's on Disney+. Plus. I really don't give a shit. As long as I see the movie, I can be satisfied with that. There are certain perspectives that doesn't really follow the same way. Now... Let's look at this from another perspective. Let's look at this from a flip side of the coin, if you will. Let's say, for whatever reason, Black Widow comes both on Disney Plus and soon after on theaters, or vice versa. Let's say whichever comes first, or they come around the same time. I'm not looking at this from the business side. I'm looking at this from the consumer side, the the, the audience, the ones that actually has to pay the ticket or dial in their information to Disney Plus in order for them to watch whatever they want to watch, okay? Let's look at the fan that wants to see things from the theater perspective. Let's look at that. You could have a guy or a girl or whoever it is that can come out and say, you know what? Black Widow deserves to be in theaters, And I've been waiting to watch something in theaters for a very long time. 
I've been cooped up in this house. I've been doing the same fucking thing every single goddamn day for the past few months. Probably more ever since this virus shit even started. And all I want to do is to feel normal. That's all I fucking want. So if I have to go to the theater and I know the risks. I know the risks. I know that there's probably going to be a lot of people that's not going to follow the same protocol and social distancing, the mask and everything else. But guess what? I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to do me. And if it's in theaters, just give me some form of peace, some form of excitement, some liberation for me to go to the theater, watch Black Widow for two to two and a half hours, whatever the runtime is, and then I'll be satisfied with that. I'll be satisfied to the fact that there can be some kind of clarity where I can actually go and watch a film and spend $15, maybe spend 30 if I want to see it again, and that's all there is to it. That could be one perspective. Now, let's look at another perspective. Let's say you are the most conservative, uh, the conservative type person. Okay. There's no telling when this virus is actually going to be over. And as we see, there are there's much more of a chance where everything is going to continue to get postponed again. So, if it costs for me to spend $30 one time, one time where I can get a bunch of friends, I can get a bunch of family members to come into my house so we can actually see the movie through the confinement of my own home where I know that we are much safer, I would rather take that route. I would rather be the person that would not want to deal with everybody else, God knows wherever the hell they've been, and not go to the theater, not ensuring that everything has been sanitized and cleaned and everything else in between. Why would I risk that? Why would I risk the health of, uh, why would I risk the safety of my health, my family's health, my parents, my kids, or whichever the case may be? Why the hell would I do that? I would rather stay at home. Watch a film, pay $30 once, enjoy the movie, and that's about it. And therefore, I'm safe. And if this is the way that movies are going to come out from this point forward, so be it. Do you see the dilemma from both perspectives here? Now, whatever you personally do, it's completely up to you. It's your discretion. Me personally... I would rather go with whatever comes first with hesitation because if Black Widow, which is getting released on November 6th, if Black Widow gets released in theaters, I promise you there's going to be a lot of sales that are going to be damaged for the simple reason that they have to keep social distancing in check. Like I said, there's no way of knowing when any of this is going to be over. There's no way of knowing when we can actually like have the feeling that we can actually go to a theater, be surrounded by so many people and not be concerned. I mean, you can go to a restaurant, you can go to, you know, a, a, a supermarket or you can go to your work or wherever the hell that you go to where it still has a lot of people. I'm pretty sure you're still concerned or at least think about it in some perspective. So at this moment, it's really hard to see or it's it's really hard to fathom in terms of what choices you actually want to make when the situation presents itself. There are flaws in both options. And at this moment, 
I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are pissed off if Black Widow does take the route of being on Disney+. Because spending $30 to me is absurd. Especially when it's going to get released six months later, five months later on Blu-ray or DVD, as I just mentioned earlier. But that's not what Disney, uh, that's not, right, that's not what Disney really cares about. They care about making their moolah back. They care about the green. They care about making a profit. And they can't make a profit by putting Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. They don't really care about Mulan. It, let's, let's be honest here. They really don't care about making their profit or their ROI, their return of investment in the Mulan movie because not many people, at least from my perspective, not many people are really chomping at the bits to watch Mulan. They're chomping at the bits to see Black Widow. They're chomping at the bits to see other Disney movies that have some kind of correlation with Marvel or the MCU. Not to mention, it would make no sense to put Black Widow on Disney Plus because we already have content on Disney Plus that needs to be released as it is. We got Falcon and the Witcher Soldier. We got WandaVision. We got Loki. We got all of these other shows. But, as I said... It's really up to your discretion in terms of what you're going to do when the, opportun- when the opportunity presents itself. Are you going to be the person that's going to go to the theater knowing that there are a lot of risks to watch a movie? And, and that's another downside. Let's say you don't take that risk. Let's say you don't watch the film that you're the type of person you'll be like, you know what? I'll wait. I will wait a couple of weeks when there's not that many people and I can go and just enjoy myself and if the theater is empty, hopefully, if the theater is empty, then let me go and enjoy myself. That's one side. You run the risk of the movie getting spoiled to you. You run the risk of watching thumbnail pictures on YouTube because now that's happening and I fucking hate that. You can have an asshole friend or a coworker that you work with, you know, oh, did you see what happened? Oh my god, the ending was ballistic or some shit like that. That's my impression. <laughs> that's that's my impression of a troll that wants to spoil everything. That's that's my impression. Yeah, go figure, right? You run the risk of the movie being spoiled to you when you're not caught up at that particular moment. And I can understand why a lot of people would want to see a movie, especially to a, a movie that they've been looking forward to for God knows how long. I can understand the frustration with that. So, once again, there are pros and cons to this. What you choose is up to you. And when I hear more, or when you hear more, or whatever they're going to do... If they test Mulan and it turns out to be a great success in terms of, oh, we can have movies be on Disney Plus from this point forward, that's great, that's dandy, and we'll have no choice but to adapt to it, spend $30 once, that, that will never happen again, whatever. But we can't help but figure that the movie business itself is slowly dying if we take that route. And I'm sure not every other movie is going to follow that pattern. But with as controlling as Disney is, we just don't know. 
All we can do is wait and see what happens. So November, when the movie is supposed to get released, let's see what comes first. If it's going to stay in theaters, let's go to theaters, but we need to take caution. If it's on Disney+, Plus, spend the $30. Fucking spend it. $1 a day for 30 days. Easy. Instead of buying a lotto ticket, save it. Instead of putting it on your piggy bank jar, save it. Instead of, you know, doing whatever the hell it is you want, just save it. I'm just giving you options in terms of what's going to happen when the time arrives. November 6th can't come fast enough. That's enough for about Black Widow. So we're going to dive into our second news. Uh, Let's see. Captain Marvel 2 has a new director. And her name is... Sorry for my, if I'm uh, mispronouncing this. Nia DaCosta. DaCosta. Nia DaCosta. Now... For me to get excited over a director, I have to look at their credibility. I have to look at their resume. I have to look at what it is that they did from their past for me to get excited about their work. And I did a little bit of research on this woman before I even started recording. She did a lot of short films. She did a lot of, you know, that's pretty much it. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but... She basically did a lot of short films. Now, she is directing and co-writing the new Candyman movie that's coming out October 16th, if I'm not mistaken, co-writing Jordan Peele. If you guys remember Jordan Peele, hell, he made Us. He made, um, fuck, what's that other movie called? Goddamn, I'm I'm sorry, I, I completely forgot, but obviously he was in Camp Peele, and he's proven that he could be a very, very good director and writer. And if Nia Da Costa actually wrote this movie with him, the Candyman movie with him, then I can imagine that her direction of Captain Marvel will be a lot better. And let's face it, and and I'm going to call a zebra fucking zebra here. And I apologize to all of the hardcore Captain Marvel fans, but this is my opinion. And I'm going to continue to beat on this horse to a bloody pulp until there's nothing left. I did not like that movie. I did not give a shit that it had a woman in it. I don't give a shit that it was a feminist movie. I I don't I don't care. I I don't give a fuck. What I did care about was a good story. What I did care about was seeing a Marvel movie that left me fucking in awe and inspired and got me excited to watch the very next thing. And it was the co-main event to Avengers Endgame, and it did not have any style whatsoever. It was a bland movie. It was a big-ass bland bowl of spaghetti. That's what Captain Marvel was. Now, if this director is able to turn this movie around, Captain Marvel 2, if she's able to turn this movie around and actually make it way better than the first one, because at this point, almost any other director or any director at this point would be great in terms of taking Captain Marvel to a direction that she absolutely needs to go to, I'm fine with that. I really am. And I think Captain Marvel 2 has the potential, the potential to be probably one of the best films that you'll ever see by far in the MCU. Now, I understand I'm overhyping. I just I just heard a little motorcycle thing. 
you know, just you just I just heard a car just went right by. I'm sorry, it was very distracting. But anyway, I honestly do believe that this movie has the potential to be fucking extraordinary. I understand I'm I understand that I'm overhyping this movie way too much. And I understand that we still have a couple of years before anything can happen because that's when the movie is going to get released. But sometimes it's best to be sometimes it's best to be slightly optimistic than anything else. And I can honestly say that if this Miss Da Costa, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. I can honestly say that if Miss Da Costa can take this movie and put it into the direction where we know she can be, I I applaud. I fucking applaud. I applaud no matter what. And I can understand a lot of haters where they're like, you know, and I just stated, I, I can understand there are a lot of haters where they're like, well, she doesn't really have that much credibility. She doesn't have that much, you know, movies under her belt. Neither did Ryan Coogler. And look what he did with Black Panther. Now, I can understand a lot. Of, some people hated Black Panther, but I actually enjoyed it. Very monumental or very cultural. Very, very good. Very, it hit me deep in the feels. And if we can look at someone like that, I'm giving Da Costa a chance. Don't judge a book by its cover until you read the goddamn thing. And that's all there is to it. That's all I gotta say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, continue to subscribe, continue to share. Do all of the things that everyone uh, people do. I don't know what the fuck I'm even talking about now. <laughs> Continue to subscribe, share, share it to the world. Tell your buddies, tell your friend, your uncle, your mother, your brother, your sister, your cat, your lizard. If you got a lizard, fucking tell every single person. This podcast, we are going to take this up to the moon. Or bring it back down and hopefully it doesn't crash and burn. But I'm being consistent and that's how it should be. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can hit me up on OTC Volume 2 on Twitter or Instagram. I'm going to put a... Hopefully, I'll, I get to put a link in the description below. Or I'll put it somewhere on that side. I Again, it takes me a while to edit this thing. But yeah, OTC Volume 2. That's OTC, volume completely spelled, with the number 2. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, if you hate me, if you like me, if you disagree with anything, if you want to have a discussion about anything that we talk about, if you have any promising ideas in terms of what the future may hold with comic book news shows movies or whatever let's have a talk about it let's have a discussion and then i'll be open to whatever you whatever it is you have to say it's as simple as that really now before we end this night off let's go to our superhero quote of the day and this one is from nightwing himself let me a good for a good old-fashioned of dick grayson I got to say that. (laughs) And here's his quote. Whenever someone asks what power they wish they had, flying is always at the top of my list. But I have to admit, I've learned to love falling too. And my reaction to that is this. 
the only superpower that I truly want is the ability to time travel because there's a lot of shit that I want to fix from my past and easily go back to my old self and be like, hey, don't do that. You'll thank me later. But in terms of falling? Try bungee jumping and skydiving and then come to me right after that. <laughs> but anyway... Once again, guys, thank you so much. Tune in for Monday night where we will talk more comic book news and stuff. I'll most likely do a Doom Patrol review since the last episode is today for the final season. I'll probably do a Stargirl review as well since I know the last season is also on Monday. So we got two reviews coming up. And can I fit it in the span of 30 minutes? We'll see what happens. But as of right now, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.